Okay, well, we were supposed to do a conspiracy episode today, um, but recent events have uh, rendered that uh, kind of trivial in comparison to what's going on. So instead, we're going to talk about the protests in Minneapolis and now nationwide uh, that were sparked by the killing of George Floyd. Um, so do we have any initial reactions from us just about the you know, the catalyst for the protests and what is... Well, I, I just want to mention, this is the first time I've had social media during one of these events. I've never had it before. So, like, the videos that you get from the ground, not, like, kind of siphon through something like CNN or Fox. Um, and it's just, like, shocking how fucking brutal our police force is. Um, two peaceful protesters. Um, of course... Like, I, I guess I was just shocked to see that aspect of it. Of course, like, you've seen the uncut version of, like, 92 with Los Angeles, um, which they play, like, once a year. But I was just kind of shocked at actually seeing it unfold second to second. Um, and, and, of course, like, what happened to George Floyd, um, you just saw a police officer crush a man's windpipe um, over the course of eight minutes. And it's kind of difficult to be on the side of the police in this, right? Which I think is one of the things that I'm noticing about um, specifically, specifically the way that like conservatives or like liberals who, uh, you know, are hesitant to see the non-cop side of these protests uh, and say stuff you know, like, you know, Trayvon Martin was a thug, like Mike Brown reached for the cop's gun. I don't know if that's a story that got touted ever, but you know, like this time, like you said, Nick, uh, the footage is undeniable. Um, the brutality and um, direct force and unambiguousness of this murder uh, is, is preventing those types of people from saying uh, he had it coming in some way. Because very clearly, um, he was just fucking murdered. Seven and a half minutes on the ground, unable to breathe. Um, so, you know, now the conservative or, you know, uh, cop-friendly line is, okay, yeah, we get it, it was bad, but, uh, you know, A, uh, Officer Chauvin is a bad apple, or B, and B, more like, um, do they have to, do they have to do the property damage, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but at least, you know, there isn't any, uh, talk about how, you know, George Floyd, George Floyd was, was no angel. Cause, um, and hopefully that's, is, that'll become a thing of the past. Hopefully, hopefully all this becomes a thing of the past. Jesus Christ. Well, well because why he was detained was because apparently he paid, um, for something with a counterfeit 20, correct? Um, which I'm sure all of us have accidentally paid for something, whether it was like, you know, like you could have a counterfeit and not know it. I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's completely plausible. So getting your windpipe crushed um, by an arm of the state, um, it, it is just, I, I don't, it's not even shocking though. It's but, just yeah, like so this, this happens. This is one of the first ones where I have not seen really any defense of the officer, mm -hmm. even by other police um, forces or chiefs or whatever there's not really any defense of the officer he was fired very quickly and he was indicted on um, third degree homicide and manslaughter charges pretty quickly and i i think that it happened so quickly because of the protests um but 
it did happen but that that happened on he was indicted on what was that on thursday yeah uh and the protests have gotten you know a lot worse since then and i think that that just shows that like nobody's buying the bad apple defense anymore and that is the defense that the media is still using they still can't get off of this oh well you know it's not all cops that are like that um and nobody's buying that not in the streets um and that's why they're not they're not relenting it doesn't matter that he was indicted because they know that he probably won't get convicted uh and they're just they're not taking it anymore so i think it's important to tackle this question right away because this is kind of the main like kind of two sides you see to protest here. And it's the difference between violent and peaceful protest. Uh, I know some people criticize using the word violent protest, but I'm just going to use that because um, destruction of property, I'm just going to count that. And, that. and of course, it's also violent in the way that the police um, brutally attack uh, protesters as well. So um, what, this is a question to you two. What, what, what's your stance on um, violent protests and kind of like the role in, um, the changes brought in, in American history, so on and so forth. Uh, well, I, I don't want to get into like the whole like changes that have come in American history because I feel like that's just too broad of a, well, I guess you of mean, a topic. I, but I guess what, what I'm asking I, is, is it justified? Um, like in your opinion? I don't think it... I mean, so in my opinion, I think yes, but also I don't think it matters what my opinion is or what anybody's opinion mm-hmm. is. What the fuck do you expect people to do? Mm-hmm. You have decades of peaceful protests that change absolutely nothing what are the next logical step is violence and talking about violence it's like they you're we constantly have the government telling us violence isn't the answer violence is the only american answer that this country has ever had to any issue that's faced it it's always been violence so for the government and for the police force which has been inflicting violence upon communities of color for it, their entire history to tell us that violence isn't the answer is just laughable. It's like, fuck off. What the fuck do you know? That's all you do is show us violence. And then when there's a backlash against that violence, that also includes violence, violence of a much different sort. It's not really violence. Like you said, it's, it's the destruction of property for yeah. the most part or, uh, or striking back against uh, agents of the state and police officers. I mean, that's not this. I mean, Police are enacting violence against these populations, you know, constantly, every day, for centuries. And then when protesters decide that they're going to burn down a target, suddenly that's the unacceptable form of violence? The fuck? Well, I also just want you to address, because you hear this a ton, is... Well, it's just um, African Americans burned down their own communities. It's um, what about all the black um, owned businesses that are getting burned down and looted? Um, what does looting Target have to do with George Floyd's death? Those are kind of the common occurrences you see with um, protests like this. So I guess just kind of like what's I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Because you hear it so much. I mean, for me to to even answer the question of just like what like is it justified? How do you feel about it? <clears throat> like as a white guy, it's not really my argument to even make. Like, at, like full disclosure, when we were leading up to this episode in the group chat, I had some hesitation about even talking about it. Now it like I I can see that like you know it feels insensitive not to talk about it when we have a podcast that deals with current events and our commentary on current events. It would be like more racist to ignore it, but um, like I just it doesn't feel like my space to even make a judgment call uh that being said um kind of 
like what Michael said, we live in a insanely violent culture. Uh, you want to protest police. You want the, you want to go to war with the cops, uh, <laughs> do something that'll piss, piss cops off, i.e., you know, burn down some, uh, some multi-billion dollar, uh, franchise and, uh, get a couple fucking TVs for yourself. Um, I would be lying if I said, you know, as a pretty staunch anti-capitalist that, that I've never wanted to just fucking go beast mode on a target. Like, <laughs> You know, like part of me gets a little joy out of seeing poor people um, looting a store who, you know, pays decent benefits or decent, but, you know, they are uh, a multi-billion dollar franchise and by that nature alone, um, you know, they deserve to have their shit rocked every once in a while. Um, it's the racism and classism that exists in the country is what allows targets to keep its fucking doors open in the first place. Uh, that doesn't mean Target is the bad guy, but it does mean that, you know, um, it doesn't, it, it, it could be an appropriate uh, receiver of uh, rage at decades and centuries of systemic abuse at the hands of the state for a certain population. Uh, they also burned down the uh, police district, which, you know, more fitting, but... Um, and as for like, oh, you know, what about like all these mom and pop shops? Uh, yeah, it sucks, you know, but um, a lot of people will try to pigeonhole you in arguments whenever you hear this uh, by cherry picking certain examples. Um, you know, oh, what about, don't you feel bad for like this store? And the answer is like, yeah, but I still side with the looters and end of the day, we're talking about the loss of someone's life. No one's died in these protests yet. All these jobs are coming back. People are going to come together to clean up the streets um, and to detract from the fact that this is like, you know, we don't want to make the conversation about the looting. The conversation ought to be about murder of black people at the hands of police for as long as the police has been a thing. And now it's on video, you know, of course people are going to get this. I'm pissed off just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously like the point of the question was, is that's the only real other side to this is that is the pigeonholing of stuff like that. So that's why I immediately at the start of the podcast want to bring up those questions because that's the only defense of, um, oh, well, this shouldn't be happening. So I just wanted to make that clear. Um, of course, I don't believe that, but I just wanted to ask the question so we could kind of establish where we're at, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also also with in terms of, like, the looting and the property destruction that has happened, I'll, you know, well, the typical thing that you hear on, like, CNN or any mainstream media is, well, if they could just keep it peaceful, you know, then we wouldn't have these critiques of their movement. And it's like, okay, first of all, peaceful protests get critiqued all the fucking time so that's not true and second we would forget about peaceful protests within a week we would forget about it like danny brought up them burning a police precinct that's insane that's nuts and it's so cool but that that is the burning of the police precinct having that broadcast nationally i think was the catalyst for the nationwide a civil unrest. This is civil unrest that we haven't seen since 1968. Yeah. We haven't seen this since Martin Luther King Jr. got assassinated. The scale is insane. Think about that. 
So MLK, one of the most famous people to have ever lived and one of the most, you know, admirable civil rights leaders in history was the catalyst for the protests in 1968. And in 2020, the catalyst for the protests was a guy who nobody knew until last some week. Dude. George Floyd, just some guy who was, you know, who was just murdered at the hands of the state and it was happened to be caught on camera. That's pretty And the crazy. loss of some guy's life. Yeah. is enough it ought to have always been enough absolutely to get people out in the streets yeah and thank fucking god you know yeah so i'm fine like yeah i don't like to see um businesses destroyed if yeah you know local businesses i don't i obviously don't want to i don't like seeing it, it sucks i don't care about a walmart burning down yeah like, nobody yeah, i don't does. care about target i don't care about the police precincts i don't care about the cop cars even though that those are things that the taxpayer will have to directly pay for. But I would be fine paying that tax. But well, I mean, we're just going to replace them. That's the part yeah, that's and, upsetting know, to think yeah, about. True. But um, but I don't care. I, yeah, I don't care about those things. But it does. It obviously sucks to see like local businesses get hurt and burned down. But I, I'm not making any judgments because it's just like I don't fucking. So, on that note, we did get um. I did solicit a couple questions from people about this. And, and one of them um, wanted us to talk about the role of agent provocateurs mm. um, in this. That's up, Ben. Yeah. So um, if you do, don't, if you two don't mind, I'll kind of like dive into my, my take on this quickly. Please. Um, so I, I, I feel like there are two stripes to the agent provocateur thing. Um, and then apps or aside from the agent provocateur question, there's also talk about outside actors coming in, which is fucking ridiculous. But the agent provocateur thing, it seems to be blame is on white anarchists or white supremacists. Um, the issue that I have with both of those is that in 1968, I mean, black people didn't need white supremacists to come in and start burning stuff down for them to also start rioting. I'm, I don't understand. Like, did they not see the Sherman Park riots in Milwaukee in 2016 where white people were literally chased away from them? Like, these, it, you don't need to have white people to start all of this issue. And this separating by race, which seems like that's what they're trying to do here, is completely counterproductive to a movement where the vast majority of the people out there are opposing a police force that is violent for whatever reason it may be. So so trying to separate anarchists are bad. Let's not identify with them. I'm sorry, but the anarchist aim for eliminating the institutionalized police force is the exact same aim of Black Lives Matter. They basically have the same exact goal. They want to completely eliminate the police force and rebuild it in a completely different form. They are your closest allies when it comes to fighting the police, in all honesty. For the white supremacist thing, sure. I mean, there probably have been some that have infiltrated and, you know, just tried to start shit for the sake of starting shit or wanted things to get violent because they want to start a race war. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. I mean, I went to the protest here. The vast majority of them are not white supremacists. You know, if there is, it's literally, like, one in, one in I don't even know, 10,000 or something. It's, they're not the ones. They're not causing all this damage, and they don't need to. People are pissed off, and that's why they're burning shit down. Um, and it just—it also just makes no sense. If you're a cop 
why why are you infiltrating a group to burn down an auto zone in Minneapolis when the police already pulled back and decided to let everything burn? What was the point? Because it couldn't have been to escalate the police response because there was zero police response. So it just doesn't really make any sense to me as in terms of the outside actor thing, which has also been brought up a ton, especially like yesterday and today. It's fucking ridiculous. And they're lying to you. Minneapolis mayor saying that everybody arrested in St. Paul was from outside of Minnesota is fucking insane. And then he had to immediately retract it because of how stupid it was. The vast majority of people arrested were from Minnesota. People are not flying in to states to protest and, and start shit on fire. That's fucking ri- It's a nationwide protest. There, there yeah, can't be outside be actors. Yeah, where are they coming from? Canada? Like, the fuck is wrong with this? And Miami did the same thing. Oh, a ton of people. We have people from Minnesota and New York. The protests are bigger there. Why the fuck would people from New York or Minnesota come to Miami to start something on fire? Makes perfect sense. Especially to me. Minnesota. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh man, it's going on right in my backyard, bro. I'm gonna go to Florida, and they're gonna hear about yeah. this. Let's like, hop what on a the flight. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well, we better get a flight right down there to Miami. There. So I think, but I think the really important thing to remember here is that there's a reason why they're saying this. They're saying this to justify in uh uh, they're saying this to justify an extreme response by the police against these protests. They're saying this so that people will say, oh, well, those aren't our community members that are being arrested. Those are people from outside who came here to start shit, and they should get arrested. When that's just simply not true, because it's ridiculous. Like, Occam's razor dictates that the simplest answer is usually the correct one. And so this trying to come up with, you know, these outside provocateurs flying in from the Proud Boys is just fucking ridiculous. Like, we can see it with our own eyes. People are pissed off, and they're starting shit on fire, and they probably should. Well, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier um, about um, how the bad apple theory can now just be like completely thrown out the window, right? Um, you can't like the visceral nature of not only the video of George Floyd's assassination, but also of um, all the protests and crazy shit that both protesters and cops, especially cops, you guys see that a New York cop car, like basically drove over a crowd, like Absolutely. didn't kill anyone. I thought, but like drove right into the fucking, yep. crowd. but you know, they're above the law. So whatever fucking sucks. Um, you like all these stories that you would have told yourself in any other different case to convince yourself that like, Oh, you know, not my police force, not my community members, all that shit's going out the window and it's getting more and more transparently laughable uh, as time goes on, as these uh, protests increase and spread and as cops continue to kill black people, there's just no more lying about it. Um, Try as you might fucking mayors. Yeah. So Nick, I want to get your take on this, but quickly to piggyback off what Danny said, um, this is also blaming this on outside actors or white supremacist groups for why things got violent in the first place completely abdicates the police which they're out there clearly instigating violence knocking people down battering people spraying people for no reason they're turning peaceful protests into violent protests all across the country and by blaming this on outside actors or Asian provocateurs, I feel like you are just you are just saying, oh, it's it's not the police, it's not the locals, it's these other people. 
because the police escalate the peace or like the peaceful protests to violent protests like across the country we've seen this like shooting rubber bullets at, at reporters and and people just saying like hey like with a sign like I can't breathe Right, because that's exactly what this man said before his life was taken from him by the state, sanctioned by the state. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's so infuriating. You're right. Um, what were you gonna say about a take that I needed? Or the- oh, I just wanted your general opinion about like the agent provocateur like question so, that was posed. So, so with that, because initially. I kind of bought into it. I'm like, oh, are, they, are they like white supremacists like actually making this worse? Um, and then like that explanation actually made a lot more sense to me afterwards. But I totally understand almost buying into that because it sounds so easy. It sounds so simple. And then it also makes the far right the bad guys, you know. But it also does give this unnecessary power to the police that they already have and are using. Um, the the same things that were protested in, in the 50s and 60s haven't changed in 70 years. And we're seeing this live on CNN, but we're also seeing it just live from our pockets. Like, essentially filming um, the police really hurting people. Um, will this scale change anything? Probably not, because we've seen, like, the history here. But there's part of me that just wondered, I'm like, why is this scale so big? Is is the scale of this so big because George Floyd was murdered so clearly? And there's finally one where it's like, okay, defend that one. All right, boys in blue. All right, blue lives matter. Defend this fucking one now. Is it a mix of um, the coronavirus and people not being out? And this is like a way of kind of expelling uh, like that frustration in a way Uh, obviously I don't think that's it but I think that that might have like some sort of a um, you know an effect on this but like the scale of it to me is just so impressive and I'm so glad that the scale is as big as it is I'm so glad that police precincts are finally being burned down um, because that's that's the kind of imagery you also need to capture um, to legitimately hopefully make change here Uh, well I think that the pandemic does probably play a role in why everything's so widespread and big i think that you know because it's it's there's a feeling of desperation that you know it's it's pretty rare to have as widespread as it is um so i think that does play a massive role in why people are pissed off and and going out and i think that there's a lot of just pent-up rage um and I think that's why a lot of people are burning shit down. And it's like on social media, it's you you see plenty of examples of white people being the ones that are, you know, breaking windows and starting shit on fire. We know that. And yep. that's um, and there's a lot of commentary like you, you they shouldn't be doing that. They should just be following black people's lead, whatever. But the fact is, is that if you have a movement that's against the police, you're going to have everybody who's anti-police coming out for that movement and they people have different tactics and like i said you gotta i think you gotta take allies where you can find them and yeah anarchists will are very violent and a lot of people don't like them because they'll they resort to violence you know like immediately at the drop of a hat but they also you know they kind of get shit done when it comes to destroying things so I don't really because that was one of my questions too is because there has been reaction both white and black that are like hey white people like shut up like just st- like stand by just listen don't do anything um, like this isn't about you um, and I think that's kind of a ridiculous take 
Um, because you're right. I do think you try to find allies where you can. Um, and like looking at the marchers or the marches um, and, and protests, there were quite a bit of, of, of white people that you could see like across the country. Um, that was, yeah. And, and, Sorry, and it's, it's tough to talk about being the white dudes you know, on the pedestal talking about this, which which Danny brought up before, and I, of course, thought about all the time. And also, with the jobs that Danny and I work in, we are white people working with um, primarily minority populations um, and kind of have to be that sometimes. And it's really difficult, and you have to navigate it well and be really, um, you know, careful and, and, and open and honest about racial relations, with, like, within the United States. Uh, and it's tough, but... Also, so many of the um, Latino and, and Black um, students that I've worked with, they, they really care and want white support. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing here. So I just kind of disagree with that take of, hey, white people, just sit back here. This isn't your movement. Uh, it's like, but actually, it could be a really important part of um, the overarching movement. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I I, I kind of get the urge to be like white people sit this one out, right? Um, I went to a protest, so I I and you know I post about it and I try to uplift, not like uplift that sounds patronizing, you know I'm also an educator of a primarily black school and you know I fear for my students' safety, especially you know given what we've seen and what we keep seeing uh, police treatment of these communities. So I, I, I get, you know, that it's just like, you know, fucking sit this one out and shut up or like go back to posting or whatever, because I, w- I just got back from a protest in Boston. Um, it's still presumably going on. I think once the sun goes down, that's when all the that's when all the shit seems to happen, because I don't know when I was in the street, I had this moment where I just got kind of depressed because I was just like, God, like I looked around and it was probably 75 percent white. And I just thought, God, like we're all just cosplaying right now. Like I'm going to get on the train. A cop is not going to fucking bug me one time from my walk to, from, you know, city hall to the train and then back to home. And I'm going to go, uh, eat my dinner, go to sleep and wake up and my life will remain unchanged. I'm never, ever going to get threatened by a cop. Um, you know, unless I go full sicko mode, which, you know, we'll, we'll see on that one. But, um, and the rest of the crowd is like that too. Like a 75% crowd chanting, I can't breathe. Yes, you can fucking breathe. You can breathe just fucking fine. And you're going to continue to breathe fine. It felt like a Trump rally from 2016, you know, where a bunch of uh, white people who were sort of horrified by the uh, by this problem go out, you know, make their voices heard, uh, and then go home. Once we got to uh, the place in front of city no in front of the state house um and there was a podium after the march we marched all around the city there was a podium and a bunch of people behind the podium and the speaker uh you know with a megaphone and all that and all those people were black like that's the leaders of the movement that's where it belongs that's how it should be but still everyone around was white and i was like yeah okay thank god for allyship take allies where you can get them blah 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 but it it just felt like cosplay i was like and that also just kind of made me feel like, damn, maybe nothing really will change. And also I knew that I was, as soon as I found out the crowd was 75% white, I was like, all right, the cops aren't going to be fucking 
tear gassing us in broad daylight for you know nonviolent protesters who they're not afraid of because they're not black or mostly not black that's not to detract from the black people that were there and there certainly were you guys want to hear a, a, a kind of silly story from the protest light in the mood a little bit yeah please. there was a <laughs> there was a uh, black guy in front of me on instagram live and he was just really really just passionately just going for it just talking about you know we're not going to stand for police brutality uh we want this to be over with and like blah 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 and just going off and he goes you know what the people they can't stop the people and he turns his phone around to like show the crowd but it's like just me <laughs> and i just like smile through my mask and wave i was like oh god i just made this guy look like such a dork i'm sorry can't stop the people but, but then he hopped in I want to comment on the cosplaying kind of aspect of it, um, because if it's not, or if it hasn't been said like on the podcast, Danny and I are, are two real white guys, um, and Miguel's Latino, he's Mexican, um, so that's kind of like the angle we're coming at, um, but at work, uh, like like I mentioned before, um, like being an educator, sometimes I do feel like I'm cosplaying, where I'm like, are these just empty words that like I know I'm supposed to say and like I actually don't make any difference, and it's just kind of like spoon feeding, like all of this kind of like fake support that um, these students have seen their whole entire lives because they've seen a militarized police force kill their family. Um, like we talked about Dontre Hamilton, Seville Smith, um, who were killed by the police in Milwaukee, and. Every year I've had a student that has known one of the two or their families. And nobody in my family has ever been killed by the police. Nobody that I went to high school with, their families have ever been um, killed by the police. And, you know, we can cut this out if we think that I shouldn't be saying this. Um, but I've been arrested before. And I've seen how the Milwaukee Police Department treated me in the state that I was in. And they essentially... We're like, hey, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Nick, is it okay if we put the handcuffs on you right now? Or are these too tight? Are you good? And the shit that I was, the state that I was in and like the kind of how rude I was to the police is if I was one of my students, I would have been slammed to the ground with a knee in my back, forcefully with those handcuffs being put on. Um, I'm sure I would have got a resisting arrest charge, a destruction of property charge, like put on top of the the thing that already occurred which i want to be somewhat general about but i'm sure you can figure it out um and that experience just getting arrested as a white person um whenever somebody's like is white privilege real i was like yes and this is how this is why um and i almost wish i could tell my students that sometimes where it's like oh no i've actually experienced this and it's completely different for me than it will be for you so you have to be more careful than i am because of the systemic racism throughout our society. So yes, I feel like I'm cosplaying a lot, but I do feel like as a white person, you can be a legitimate ally as well. And it's really tough to kind of toe that line on what to do and how exactly to go about it. So um, it, this whole thing is really a f just like bothered me and made me so sad and I, and I don't know what to do and it makes everything worse but it's not nearly as bad as George Floyd's family and, and the black community and what they have to go through and what they have to literally face every day is they have a military going through their neighborhoods taking them out and yeah I mean well yeah. as as white or white passing people it is good to think about those things but I don't and it might feel like it's cosplay at time but I think that's a 
I don't. I think that's an unhealthy way to look at it because no, I agree. It, I, yeah, I agree, well, and that's why like, I kind of snapped out of it. I was right, depressed yeah. for like yeah, just like ten minutes thinking about like, oh, does this matter? Am I you know just a fucking faker? But then I, I snapped out of it. Right, and and so not to take anything away from the power and influence of the black community, but they make up thirteen percent of the population. They it's it's very difficult for a thirteen percent of the population. That has, you know, historically been just enslaved and, and battered beyond imagination to exact the, the type of uh, change that they want to see in, in a country that is overwhelmingly against them. So they cannot, the black community cannot get systemic changes um, enacted on their own. It's just, I... It's very and no no population of thirteen percent could do it on their own. You need support of allies outside of your movement. Um, and I mean that's just obvious. You know we live in a democracy. You, I mean you know kind of not really, but you need to have an overwhelming level of. And when it comes to a change as as big as the criminal justice system, and changing a system that's that massive and intertwined with all of the ways of life, um you really, really need an over, overwhelming number of people supporting change. And that can only happen if you have the support of non-black people. And so my issue with the thing, so I think that I don't think it's wise to make enemies of the anarchists because it seems like they're kind of pushing an agenda, which you could easily hop onto, which is the destruction of the police state, which should happen. Um, but... There's also just on Twitter, there's just there's so much performative gatekeeping where it's just like, no, you can't. No, you're not able to talk. No, if you're um, if you're a non-black Hispanic person, you also have blood on your hands. You shouldn't be talking like this. You're you are you get the privilege. And it's just like it's it's it is such a turnoff to so many people where it's just like, what the fuck? Like, is this really how people are thinking? And it's not because if you go to the protest, that's not how they're thinking. This is all just performative bullshit that people do on social media, and it's complete horseshit. If you want to change the police state and you're looking for allies and the Black Lives Matter movement, the most obvious people to turn to is the Hispanic and Latino population, which have been persecuted by the police to a, a level that is maybe not as bad, but, I mean, it's pretty bad. It's just a different thing where they're literally they're put in cages— and left to die in cages and then deported back to a country where there's a good chance they'll get murdered. Like, this is the persecution by the police state of the Hispanic population or the Latino population in this country is crazy. It's it's really bad. And we all know about it. Nobody really fucking cares. Nobody really cares about it. Because you don't get massive protests for Latinos dying in detention centers. You just don't. Um... And I don't know if that's because they're not American citizens or because Latinos are historically completely ignored by the, you know, general American popular culture. Um, but if you're looking for allies, you might want to look at the quarter uh, of the country. 25% of the population is Latino. Those That is, that's a huge base of allies that should be tapped into. And like in Texas, if the Hispanic population and the black population you know like met together and really in encouraged and empowered each other 
they'd be able to control the entire fucking government. Of See, that state. I'm so glad you said that because where I work, it's it's mainly Latino students, and a lot of times, like in a in a history curriculum, you you talk about white versus black a ton, and I found myself ignoring like the issues with the majority of the students that went to my school, and that was a huge thing that I had to kind of go through and, and change as I as, as I worked there. Um, but you're completely right because a lot of times, like I don't know how to feel. Like I don't support what the white people are doing, but I don't feel welcomed by um, a lot of the, the movements um, from the black community. So you're right. I think that's a really important point to make, and and also too the brutality towards Latinos in this country is not talked about at all and and it's really bad especially in milwaukee south side we we have a huge issue with systemic racism towards the latino community that is just not brought up and you're right i think that coalition would be a a beautiful um thing to see because i think it would be incredibly effective you're right they really could take over and i think that that would be a positive thing for the united states i mean i think that subjugation of hispanics specifically mexicans and I guess South Americans. Yeah, definitely South Americans. In well, fact, Central America is America's talked huge about too, man. So like, Hispanics, Latinos. It's it's pretty it's pretty well talked about. It doesn't have like the visceral like immediate like. I mean, it does. the uh, The immigration camps were uh, definitely invoked a lot of visceral knee jerk uh, reactions in people. But, you know, it's not something that has that just, like, potential for, uh, beyond that, it's not something that has that potential for, like, immediate, like, gut reaction. It's just like, oh, this shit's been going on in the background forever. So, you know, oh, man, um, like, I, I, I wish I could, like, help the immigrants in some way. But, yeah, there haven't really been, like, protests or anything, except for, like, 2016 after Donald Trump was elected. But um, and I think that like where we do see most talk and attention given to uh, subjugation of his if of Hispanic people uh, is in like election talk and, um, you know, political rhetoric trying to get, uh, you know, you to vote one way if you feel one way about immigrants or, you know, another way if you feel another way. Um, but nothing ever gets fucking done, right? The only real difference between Democrats and Republicans on the uh, fronts of systemic subjugation of Hispanic people and of the immigration question is like, oh, we we like immigrants. We're we're so inspired by them. We just we think that their struggle is so beautiful. And it's like, well, then why just build all those fucking cages during the Obama administration? You know, why, uh, you know, the DREAM Act is a good start, but, you know, why not just uh, fucking pedal to the metal on some real systemic change that can. But Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer do not do not have the gall to actually fucking support people systemically. So that like police brutality against black people, like environmental degradation, like, um, you know, the suffering of workers under the capitalist state is just going to get a little worse every day and never change at least not until the democratic party wholesale is um changed from the ground up if not completely fucking destroyed um sorry i I do i do want to bring this up though too is whenever we talk about like latinos in the united states um i feel like the conversation always shifts to immigration and sometimes it's not talking about how latinos are treated within the united states it always shifts to immigration you Damn know, right. But like the subjugation is within the United States too, and that's not changing either because we always just shift. Well, 
uh, when we talk about Mexicans, we're talking about immigration. But what about actually like their rights here and how it's infringed upon by our government all the time, even if they're legal? You know, like I mean, especially you know, like by the police force, um, by like um, essentially capitalism, just like destroying um, so much potential um, from from the, from a group of people, and I think that's important to look at too. Yeah. So I, I didn't like really like explain it well, but I no, you're totally right. I people agree. who have yeah. their families have lived here for fucking ever, and like you know, could be should by rights be pretty fucking far from the immigration conversation still get roped into it by systemic racism and are still fucking harassed by cops yeah, all the time exactly 100 so, yeah. i just wanted to bring that up for yeah. sure so i don't want to spend more time talking about latinos because i i don't want this to be a conversation about that community um because i think that i i do understand the the you know sit this one out or, or those types of comments i understand where they're coming from i think that the focus should be on you know, the I, I understand why the focus is on the black community in, in this movement because it's it's it stemmed from the murder of a black man. Um, but I, when it comes to gatekeeping and coalition building, I think that it is an important question. Um, and the fact is, you know, police brutality it 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 disproportionately affects black people un- undoubtedly. Um, but police brutality also happens to literally every group of people. Like you, there's videos you can find of of police killing white people in broad daylight for zero for no reason, of Latinos, of just it doesn't matter, of disabled people. Um, like they it they really they do discriminate. Um, in terms of what they focus on, but in terms of just the general we will kill is it's the the we will kill thing applies to every group of people. And they to, will kill. And to actually like change things, you have to look at that. Not not, not look inward, like at who who's getting hurt, but also like look at of course of, of course look at that, but also like, hey, this is actually the militant force that's that's killing uh, its own people. Yeah. Um and so the and so the commentary on on Twitter about like, oh, if you're white, your only job is to put yourself between the police and black and and, and black protesters. That's you should use yourself as a human shield. This like white self-flagellation that we're seeing is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'm sorry, but when the riot police come in, they don't fucking care what color you are. They're they're shooting and beating white reporters on television in front of us that have a, that have national television cameras recording the whole thing. They don't fucking care. They're literally they view it as a war zone and they view anybody who is not wearing a badge as the enemy doesn't matter if you're a small white woman they'll chuck you to the ground like you're nothing so if you're white and you're at a protest and you think that you putting yourself in front of a black person is going to somehow de-escalate or diffuse things you're you're sorely mistaken they are gonna knock you down whether you're white or black it really doesn't matter to them they're fucking riot police (laughs) like they you you are not you're subhuman to them and that's how they're going to treat you so i mean you can just look at look at all the injuries like a the white reporter got shot in the eye with a rubber bullet and exploded her eyeball and now she's permanently blind in one eye like do you think that what what would would they have you know shot her with a real bullet if she was black like no it's just when it comes to these types of things it's 
it is seriously unwise to think that your skin color is going to make you immune to police aggression because right now it's not. It usually is, though, which is where I think the rhetoric comes from, which is, again, it's understandable, right? You right. know, like Nick said, you can get arrested and not um, treated terribly roughly. I have my own story of uh, white privilege coming into contact. I got a speeding ticket. The cops smelled weed in the car. I fessed up to it. And he was like, just don't do it and drive. Ha ha. And then let me fucking go. Um, it's. So, like, I see where the rhetoric comes from, but, like, yeah, you're right. White people are absolutely who, you know, show up when the protests get violent are being treated as the enemy, which is just another part of cop rhetoric that is so fucking ridiculous. Can we just talk about how cops are the biggest fucking babies in the fucking <laughs> world? Oh, my God. The only thing standing between me and you and anarchy is me and my fucking fourth grade reading level <laughs> and my fucking balding fucking dumb head and my wife that I fucking hate. Fuck you. I remember I, I, cops, I remember dude. I had a Lyft driver. I had a Lyft driver who was a cop. And I was really intrigued because I was just like, I didn't want to like show my hand, right? Because he's like, oh, this large white ginger man, he probably loves republicanism. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, so how much do you guys like study like the ordinance laws and like the constitution like how much do you know like the federal like laws like between federal state and like local lo like local level he goes oh like we have some classes on it i'm like so wait you're the arm <laughs> of the law <laughs> and you have some classes on it like no like 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 do you know the law though and he's like N well like so we can't know everything we're not lawyers and I was like, oh, okay. So it's just like an undereducated, overpowered, militant group that can just kill people carte blanche and then get mad when there's any sort of response. And then respond violently to the response. Pretty fucked. That equation's fucked up. I'm curious that he used the word warrior too, right? In what world should a cop be a fucking warrior? Who are you going to fucking war with? Yeah. Your own neighborhood? I mean, obviously that's what's happening. But like... I've seen cop training videos before where it's it, like you said, Nick, it doesn't teach you about like the law or like, you know, how to um, the fucking support anybody. Cause that's nowhere in the rhetoric. That's nowhere presumably in the uh, cop instruction manual, whatever the, that might fucking look like. No, it's uh, here's how to deescalate a guy who has a knife. Here's how to deescalate a guy who has a gun. Here's how to deescalate a guy with fucking nunchucks. I don't know. It's, it's all, like you said earlier, Michael, it's all violence. It's all violent rhetoric. So, you know, when they've been socialized, like, okay, white cops, presumably many of them were socialized to become racists, right? To, uh, you know, they had a lot of uh, just uh, propaganda about, uh, oh man, these, these dangerous thugs, these, uh, these black super criminals. Thank you, Clintons. Um, and they need to be stopped. And man, don't you just want to like, uh, don't you want to be a warrior for the state and stop this and stop this craziness? Uh, yeah, of course, those fucking guys are going to, you know, join up with the police force and treat it as a job where they get to harass people because, you know, they're the only things saving the their pure blonde virginal white women, presumably. I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, the rhetoric, the rhetoric just sucks. Um, 
they view themselves as warriors and ask that everyone kiss their ass constantly. Um, huge babies, the biggest fucking. Well, well and also too, it's like a lot of the conversation is, well, they're in it every day, and like they kind of get desensitized towards things, and you know, like you don't know what a cop sees every day. It's awful things and post-traumatic oh, stress. Then. Which, which of course, by the way, nobody told you to be a cop. Okay. Yeah. First off, like you, you did choose to go into that. Um, but also second. Okay, so if you're policing black communities at, at the rate that they are, of course you're going to have a lot of interactions with, with black people. And especially the laws that we've made. I'm glad you brought up the Clintons because like that crime bill then just essentially militarizes the police to go through minority communities and arrest everybody. Um, and we've seen what, what that's done economically to these communities too. So like that notion... It's it's hard to have sympathy for that guy who's like, well, you don't know what I see every day. It's so tough out there. It's like, but you also went into a job um, where our government set you up to be this soldier because we yeah. love war so much. Two quick thoughts bouncing off of that, Nick, on the whole, like, I'm a cop, feel sorry for me. My job is so hard thing. First of all, every job is fucking hard. Not every job is hard, obviously, but certainly the jobs of the uh, neighborhoods that you're targeting and harassing. And like, most yeah most fucking jobs are hard get over it you work long hours boo fucking who so do i um and then second the like oh man you don't know like people are out here like they're trying to kill cops cops die on the job there is a list online i forget the source i mean i've probably seen it come from a number of sources of jobs that have a higher risk of death uh on the job than cops uh, you mentioned a taxi driver earlier, like Uber drivers, definitely bartenders, um, janitors, um, all sorts of like people die on their jobs, um, stupidly, accidentally, uh, violently, how fucking ever. Right. Um, but the fact that cops are so low on that list makes me immediately disbelieve you when you say, um, oh, man, the danger, the danger, fuck but, off. But I'm also not saying there's no danger. Like, of course there is. No, of I'm, course there is. Of course I'm not saying there's, like, no. There's danger. No, 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 totally. It's not tough at all. But, but no, I'm with you, Dan. I'm with you, Dan. Because, like, teachers am, do yeah, the no. same thing where, like, teachers would be like, this is the hardest job of the whole fucking world. It's like, all right, shut up, dude. Like, no, yeah. it's not. Like, like, like Then get wait. another fucking job. I don't know what to totally. tell you, bro. But also the the when it comes to like deaths on the job, a uh, a lot of the peop a lot of the cops who die on the job are not they're not being shot, they're they're just hit when they're in their patrol. They they drive around for a living for the most part. So oh, traffic, yeah, yeah. They, uh, like I think most of the deaths are just traffic accidents. They get hit when they're on the side of the road, which is why there's the move over a slow down law because they just get hit on the side of the freeway, and that's a work related death. Nobody was they weren't. They weren't being hunted down by people. They were just on the side of the freeway. The same reason why truck drivers die. You can, know, can like, we also that talk happens. about? Can we also talk about this though? How about the restraint of some of the protesters to not? That's exactly where I was going. Where the cops are lucky that people are not more violent towards them because you know, in a lot of countries, when a group uh, empowered by the state decides to extrajudicially murder members of your community on a regular basis the reaction is not to start your car on fire or to loot a target it's to murder all of you so consider yourselves lucky that that's not the response of the black community which in the inner cities where this often happens are armed to the teeth 
and could easily, if they wanted to, react with the same level of violence that you have inflicted upon them, but they're choosing restraint. Like, the, you're lucky that that's not happening. Because there's obviously far more people in the crowd than there are, you know, like, being, a, like, a riot police officer. But, yeah, like, you haven't really seen, like, many videos of, um, like, the crowd, like, legitimately attacking police officers. You do see a video of uh, the crowd uh, attacking somebody who had a bow and arrow that said all lives <laughs> matter and then, and then Again, proceeded to, to shoot an arrow at somebody. Because yeah. all lives matter and then shoots an arrow at somebody. Or the guy with a machete who got his shit rocked trying to defend his favorite bar in Dallas. Fucking idiot. Hell yeah. Wait, I Get thought that right. was the owner. No, it was just a random guy because he was nearby. Fu- and that he picture was fucked up to see, though. Like he's he was fine. Fucked he up. was he... tweeting about it today. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> he's a good. Fucking weirdo. He's and the like press a gave him a fucking. Of... Oh, sorry. He's like a sword obsessed incel that like lives alone, and he just goes to bars by himself, uh, by himself a lot, and he thinks that like he's really good friends with the bartender. And I'm sure most of the bartenders are like, this guy's fucking weird. He like records videos of himself like you know doing Shakespeare soliloquies while drinking brandy. Um, so. I was under the impression that was a bar owner defending no, his business. Just some like, dude. Well, because he was like, he, he looked fucked up on the ground where I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But okay, but that makes more sense because, but you're not seeing that either. Because like a lot of like conversation too is it's dangerous to go to these protests. You might get attacked. The people in the protests are not attacking themselves. What the no, fuck is that they're conversation? they're not. So, like, and also the cops are typically, like, you know, guy was hit with the brick somewhere. Guy was whatever, like, a New York City guy, like, got his leg hurt with a barricade or some shit. It's been pretty tame, and police haven't really had that much injury inflicted upon them. In Milwaukee here, very proud of the fact that we shot one of them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> non-seriously, he wasn't she, he or she, I don't know. They weren't serious. Parody, like, uh, parody. They weren't seriously hurt, but, I mean, we did – somebody finally was like, well, fuck it. Let's just fucking shoot them. But, but how this doesn't turn into a legitimate war zone of the armed public against the armed police officers actually shocks me. Also, another thing that I want to bring up uh, and kind of get, like, your, your two response on this is, of course, it was a lot smaller in scale, like, minuscule compared. But having the, the far right in state houses – fully armed against the police um, about the corona thing, the police did none of this to them. They didn't shoot them with rubber bullets. They weren't violent towards them. Look at that dichotomy. It's so fucking clear. Yeah, that I just kept thinking, like, damn, that is just a fucking layup comparison. Like, that's you want a fucking obvious in your fucking face description of uh, different treatment of races by police fucking an author couldn't write something more appropriate. It's it's it would be funny if it wasn't so fucking infuriating. Yeah. Well, I mean, all, the police just aren't scared of them too, you know, cause they no. know that for the most part, those people support the police. And also uh, the, the, these, the protests on for that, like those armed protests at state houses, they were tiny, you know. It was like at most like a couple hundred people or something. They were mostly really ginned small. up media bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was mentioning the yeah. scale too, though. So they were like, you know, really small, whatever. But the fact that they were allowed to walk up to cops, you know, with AR-15s and cough in their faces, and the cops did basically nothing. But but then you'll have a hundred fifteen pound woman like holding up like a sign, and then they get shot with a rubber bullet. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. 
Um, so I do want to get to one more question that we had posed to us by a listener. Um, so I think this is one that's talking about more of the systemic nature of the black experience. Um, and so come to the wrong place. No, uh, just she she wanted us to address the argument that is often put forward in response to these like this and, and every other, you know, police brutality case. It hasn't really put been put much forward for this case because of how obvious it was that this was, you know, totally like a case of murder. But this is often put forward and it's the question of like, you know, it's hard for cops. They're trying to do their jobs and they have to use force sometimes against every uh, sector of the population. But because statistically, um, like there are more crimes committed by African-Americans, you end up with there being more cases of like brutality against African-Americans. Um, and so I feel like w what this question is getting at um, is that there's some some truth behind the intent of the question um, or behind the premise of the question, not the intent. There's no truth behind the intent of the question, but there's truth behind the premise, which is that it's true that there is a systemic issue here. This isn't just a policing issue, you know, just just changing how we police in communities is not going to change the the experience of of black americans it's not um when they when it comes to the criminal justice system like there's a, all these issues with sentencing and and conviction rates and um and the way that we apply uh punishments for certain crimes compared to other crimes like these are all issues um so it's it is a bigger issue and it's something we have to look at um and it's like, yeah, do and even if there wasn't a difference in how we in in like the punishment for laws and what we deem illegal or not illegal, there's a good chance that you'd end up with higher crime rates in majority black communities because they are impoverished more than any other group in this country almost. Um like so yeah, like when you are very poor and desperate, it criminality what we deem to be criminality or deviance um, explodes in those areas, but it's because they don't they don't follow the same set of rules that we do. So they're living in a different world than we do. So, uh, so to address that point, I guess it's just like I don't think police should be murdering anybody, which is why I think you look for allies from every group to fight against the police, um, and I think the police state has to be dismantled regardless. So to me, the question is kind of moot, um, but I don't know what your two takes on it are. A, a couple things here that I want to talk about. Um, first, I think you need a police force. Um, that might be like different than what you think, Miguel, but I, I think you need a police force. But it just needs to be, um, on, honestly, like heavily like IA, like internal affairs. It needs to be like a really heavy thing within the police. Second, um, talking about the systemic issues of racism um it's not just in our our um police force but also you know i'm just talking from experience here in education the way we test people 
or test students, the way that we um, like offer funding to different schools, it's completely racist and it's completely rigged um, to help like white communities and stuff. So it is far more than just police brutality. It is across the board. And I'm sure that if we talked um, to people in different public sectors, even private sectors are like, oh yeah, this is completely rigged banking, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but in, in, in terms of, I forgot the fucking question. Though. Well, so you're right. There's other ways that American yeah. society. I'm just saying, like, but, but it's it's almost every way. Well, like, right, yeah. Happens. So yeah. there's other, but there's other ways that there's more violence inflicted upon black life than than the police directly taking the life of one. You know, in terms of in terms of uh, reducing them into absolute poverty with zero state help and zero police help because the police abuse them when they get there. That alone results in a ton of quote-unquote black-on-black crime, which kills a lot of, you know, promising young black lives. But when you get an instance of an agent of the state murdering somebody, that is clearly the thing that people are going to latch on to. And they're going to say, well, take care of the rest later. Right now, stop killing us. That's It's like when you're in a war with another country, your focus is not on let's fix our own issues here. Your focus is let's defeat the enemy and then we'll focus on ourselves. And that's exactly what I think this all stems from. Yeah, my take is uh, perhaps predictable given my predilections in politics but um, and capitalism. Poverty equals crime equals policing equals racism equals death i guess one thing just kind of leads to the other um when people are impoverished and desperate it's also applicable across the world like poverty breeds like violence and and a similar kind of behavior you know like across the whole world and that's even with like um countries that have essentially the same race um and and don't deal with you know, like the, the kind of diversity that we have here. So that's important to address too. It's not just black communities are more violent than everybody else because you look across the world and that's just not true. Poverty breeds that a lot. Yeah. But it's, it's, but it's the fact that the poverty is based on their skin color, which is the biggest. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, totally. Cause then they're, uh, they're yep. basically like removed as members of, of a collective society, which they were yep. in the 1950s. And, and then they just you're basically we we just said you figure it out on your own and you'll you'll get zero state help and if you try to ask for state help we'll probably show up and kill you so what the fuck are you gonna do you end up yeah. with just extrajudicial means of you know doing everything basically um in terms of like you said i don't i do think that the the police state and every police department basically in the country has to be eliminated um that's and I'm not, but I'm not saying that they shouldn't be replaced with something else. No, of course. I'm like, saying yeah. that the police state, as we know it, needs to end, and that includes the complete destruction of every police union in this country. And I know that's something that Democrats and liberals are going to have a tough time getting behind because they believe public sector unions are good no matter what. That's horseshit. They're clearly not. If we. If you prove that you cannot be trusted with the power of a union, then your union needs to be stripped away from you, period. Big facts. Um, and if I don't understand why Democrats are not even willing to, to bro- broach the subject because Republicans were totally fine 
with destroying teacher unions when teacher unions disagreed with them politically. Um, cops are not on the Democrat side politically anywhere on any issue. So the fuck are you doing? You need to go after them with the same amount of vigor. And this can actually be like a righteous vigor, um, because they're murdering people constantly and they need to go after police unions and just destroy them because you cannot have any sort of systemic change unless you completely crush the police unions, which are outrageously powerful and are preventing any progress on these issues that we're talking about. Yeah, here's my, uh, here's my, well, okay, to the point of um, cops are definitely not on the Democrat side. So, like, why are we, you know, pussyfooting around this? Um, there was an incident, I think, like a month ago, uh, where Joe Kennedy, who I hope fucking loses, running for Massachusetts senator, um, Ed Markey all the way, baby. Uh, and even he's kind of a compromise, if I'm being honest. But I like Ed Markey. Um said something that like about like staying home um during coronavirus something completely uh anodyne and the official cambridge police twitter account was like oh great another liberal wagging his finger at us it's just a shame he's only slightly better than the other guy and um he, he said something more flippant and offensive than that um but everyone um everyone freaked out and then they deleted the tweet and then uh they tweeted like an hour later like hey uh sorry that's not the guy that usually runs our twitter account i don't know how we got a handle on it <laughs> and to like another thing that you were saying earlier michael uh about um how this has prompted other police departments around the country to be like oh yeah no this was actually really bad you know we don't want people like officer chauvin and you know we but like really you don't you don't No, you're just doing this for PR. Um, if you actually gave a shit, if you think this is an especially bad case, you wouldn't be doing shit like it all over the fucking country. Right. Uh, Ferguson, Missouri is nowhere fucking near. Well, it's a little near, but not very near. Um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, is nowhere near Los Angeles is nowhere near, um, shit. Any other city in America where black people are killed, New York city. all of them. Yeah. Yeah, nowhere near. So, um, yeah. Oh, no, this is just a Minneapolis thing. Wow, this is bad. We wag our finger at this. Uh, you're not wagging it hard enough or with any fucking effect whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and like like you were saying with Kennedy, like Bill de Blasio's fucking total cuck bootlicker. Fuck that guy. Whenever, Fuck that guy. Whenever it comes to the police, he will give the most tepid, it won't even be a criticism. He'll just say like, Oh well, maybe it maybe it could have been handled better, but who's to say? You know, you weren't in their shoes, which is a complete defense when it comes to acts of abuse done by the police department, and and that's all he'll say about it because that's the furthest that he'll go. And the police union's response is, "We need to fucking get rid of Bill De Blasio, he's an enemy of the people. Ass. Like he needs to be removed from office. You know, he's a Marxist." And Bill is just like, "Hey, no, no, that's not me." And it's just like, fucking, you were a spineless piece of shit. Who loves the police more than New York mayors? <laughs> yeah, they do. Nobody. <laughs> well, uh, Dinkins didn't. Um, but if you are if you take anything away from this episode of the podcast, you should never trust a cop. Uh, if you want to have 
serious change in this country in terms of how populations are treated by the police department, every population, but especially those of color, you need the complete dissolution of the current police state. You need police departments across the country to be defunded and destroyed completely and rebuilt. I, you, This is something that you're not going to reform. I see no way to reform this. So... It- Here's my uh, wow, thanks, white Marxist bro, nobody fucking asked solution to the problem. I'm going to read this from a text that I sent to a friend a couple days ago. Lift people out of poverty and racial segregation to the point that it becomes impossible to police a quote-unquote black neighborhood. With less poverty comes less crime and less reason for the police to be militarized, not that they should have ever been militarized in the first place. Hopefully, eventually, the right wing won't be able to use race-bait rhetoric that fires up racists. The cops won't have been socialized in an environment where black equals criminal equals bad, but a cop is still to this day a profession that draws right wingers who want to quote unquote enforce the law on criminals, i.e. bully and harass and kill non-white people who they've been raised to understand as criminals. But I don't see any of this getting better maybe ever simply because lift people of color out of poverty and demilitarize the police is pretty much impossible in a country with such a dark penchant and fucking long, deep rooted history of violence and racial segregation and racial violence. It's literally how the country was founded. We murdered all the natives until we got to California. Um, So, I mean, it's a really dark time and I don't see anything getting any better, maybe ever. Yeah, so until then, continue to fuck shit up. Yeah. ACAB. Yeah, ACAB, baby, get a couple fucking flat screens for me. I'm not going in there. (laughs)